Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And if you're looking to understand the recruitment landscape during the 2022 installment of this great resignation, or, or perhaps you want to level up in terms of diversity in your organization, then this podcast episode, listeners, is for you. Listen and learn practical techniques and strategies that you can use to attract, source, and hire diverse candidates during this unprecedented time of talent mobility. And my awesome guest this time is Kirsten Greggs, founder and CEO over at Trap Recruiter LLC, a recruitment consulting firm and career coaching firm with over 20 years of experience in talent acquisition. Our Kirsten, our guest today, is very passionate about helping organizations attract, select, and retain their best people, including underrepresented candidates, as well as helping job seekers find their voice in the hiring process. Kirsten, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Hi, Bill. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited for our conversation and ready to dive in. All right, then. Then let's do just that, Kirsten. Pretty big question to start with. Can you can you maybe explain your passion for recruiting? Where did that come from? The short answer is it came by mistake, as with most recruiters that I know and have talked to. I started recruiting during the dot-com boom. So this new thing called technical recruiting was extremely exciting for me uh, as someone who had recently graduated uh, from the University of Richmond and didn't really know what I wanted to do with my career and the rest of my life and was given a chance on uh, because someone found my resume on this job board called monster.com that I don't know how many people still know that exists, but uh, yes, I'm that old. Uh, started recruiting, like I said, it was a very exciting time, you know, we all thought the world was ending and all of that good stuff. And me being there trying to hire these technical people, these these computer uh, geniuses and not really knowing what they do. But in that time, learning so much about how to not only recruit, how to build relationships, how to connect with people, you know, how to figure out these puzzles of getting the right person into the right role, you know, that would that became very exciting for me. And also have because of when I started over 20 years ago, seeing the evolution of recruiting has continued to fuel my passion and seeing how we have become, you know, our own thing separate from exclusive of the HR slash personnel kind of vibe that folks thought we had um, and having moved from the third party world into the in-house recruiting world as a corporate recruiter for some large organizations. Uh, like that's just, every day is new and every day it's something different. So it, I continue to be excited about and forward thinking on what is coming next for, for recruiting and, and how could I not be passionate about that? We'll be right back after this message from today's sponsoring partner. Are you struggling to attract talent during this great resignation? AppCast 
is a global provider of recruitment, advertising technology, and enterprise managed services for talent acquisition. The company is a pioneer of programmatic job advertising, which uses clever algorithms to help employers increase engagement with qualified candidates by showing people the right job ads at the right time in the right places. Learn more and request a demo at appcast.io. Appcast, job advertising made simple. So, okay, so you started uh, all the way back during the the, the boom of uh, of the dot-com times, um, before that terrible bust, of course. And uh, we're, we're living through another boom now. It's, it's another time, I guess, for recruiters, TA professionals, those involved in sourcing to, frankly, make hay while the sun shines, right? Tell me now a bit about how how the Great Resignation has maybe made the the job of recruiters more difficult in some ways, but also that opportunity for the recruiters to get it right. Man, yes, this is truly a different time. Uh, I, I have mentioned this before on either other podcasts or just in passing or just in conversation with other folks who are a part of the hiring life cycle that this is different, you know, like I've been through um, economic downturns, recessions. Uh, I worked in defense and Intel contracting uh, for most of my career. So, you know, I, I've been through government shutdowns and, you know, September 11th happened and a lot of things, you know, have affected, you know, a lot of outside or external factors affect how recruiters are able to do their jobs or when a new industry comes up or, you know, losing contracts and things like that. You know, th those things have always been on a much smaller scale. But what has been happening during the past two, almost and almost three years now um, is just unbelievable. Like, I, I don't know anyone that could have predicted this, uh, how we responded to it and how we continue to frankly, not get it right. I think we were getting it right in the beginning because I thought we saw an end, you know, and recruiters, I saw recruiters being more empathetic. Uh, a lot of that I think came from recruiters being in the same predicament as quote unquote, a regular job seeker, because I saw a lot of recruiters who lost their roles and then had, and then became the job seeker as well. So they had a little bit more, they had a little bit more empathy for what it means to find a job, what it means to be on the other side. Uh, and the longer we stayed in this, I think the, the more that stuff kind of, we kind of got away from that um, because it, in a way, I think recruiters have tried to snatch back control of the process, or perhaps it's the employer. Uh, maybe it's a mix of both. But at, if we're going to be honest, it's a job seeker market. It has been for some years, over a decade, I think. And knowing how much more educated job seekers are, knowing how much information is available for them, knowing how many opportunities are now available for them, you know, we have to do a better job of being their partner. We have to do a better job of collaborating with recruiters, I mean, excuse me, with job seekers. We have to do a better job of being honest and trustworthy and not, you know, present ourselves as these gatekeepers and and these, you know, people that are controlling your your livelihood because people aren't standing for that anymore. Uh, we have to do a better job. So 
yeah, this this is much, much different. And then, you know, we talk about the great resignation and how many, how not only how many jobs are available, but how many people are available for these jobs. But we also have to look at what types of talent is available. We also have to look at where geographically the talent is available. And again, we're running into those same issues of there not being skill matches. We're running into those situations where, you know, we're not so excited or some organizations are not so happy about people who can being able to work remotely, you know, at least at a minimum on a hybrid uh, schedule. So, you know, uh, some organizations are struggling to to figure things out, despite the fact that they have, you know, so many jobs, despite the fact that they have, you know, a quote unquote great, you know, great employer brand, despite the fact that there are so many more people who are actively looking for employment right now. So yeah, this is a very different time. And, and frankly, I'm tired. <laughs> I am. I, I've never experienced this level of exhaustion, never experienced this level of just, you know, frustration, not necessarily in a bad way, but just feeling sometimes helpless. It's like, what am I going to do? Like, how are we going to fix this problem? And you describe yourself, I think, as a recruiter. Obviously, we get lots of people who are in the recruitment space, if you will, whether that's sourcing TA recruitment. Believe it or not, we get a few people who are who are interested in human resources listening to this show as well. But also we get folks from lots of other departments. So for, for those other folk listening, you know, maybe someone in procurement, someone in marketing, uh, maybe somebody in a in a finance role. Perhaps you can share with them the, the, the difference between what it is to be a TA pro. Um, and um, and what it is to be a recruiter. Okay, so I like to tell people that TA is like the umbrella organization, similarly to how HR is an umbrella organization, meaning there are different functions within HR. So you could be an HR specialist, an HR business partner, uh, you can do employee relations, you can do um, compensation, um, what else do HR folks do? You could be an HR director, HR, uh, v, HRBP, a CHRO, you know, all these other things. You can work in HR um, tech, all kinds of things that you can do within HR. So similarly, recruiting, the act of recruiting, that reactive thing, you know, filling the jobs is a function of TA. Uh, recruiting has a beginning and end point. And I do like to say that TA is always ongoing. It's more strategic, whereas recruiting, the act of recruiting is a little bit more reactive. You mentioned that there's a start and the finish uh, with, yes. the recruit, with the recruiting. Let's have a look at the start for a moment. So I, I, I recently uh, interviewed a few people who are uh, big experts within the world of sourcing. And they've, they've claimed, maybe they would do, wouldn't they? Uh, but they've claimed that um, that role, the, the role of sourcing candidates is more important than ever because of the great resignation and the and the limited uh, pool of, of talent out there looking for jobs at the moment compared to the number of um, open positions of course talk to me a bit about that how does a successful recruiter work with with a sourcer or, or, or a team that, that that sources for them and and where are they going where, where are they going to find the candidates absolutely yes sourcers you are very important you are very important depending on how much of the process you take, depending on where the handoff is, I should say, uh, there are some phenomenal sourcers who are experts 
at finding people, um, at doing the data mining and bringing folks to the recruiters. You also have sourcers who, act, who also screen. Um, you have sourcers who are not only filling the pipelines with you know, the profiles of people or the resumes of people or you know, telling you which organizations are going to be having a downturn and where we should be looking and things like that, but they actually vet candidates as well. And that's a huge help to recruiters who might be carrying upwards of 30, 40, 50, some, you know, depending on the industry and how repetitive the roles are. You know, I know recruiters who have over a hundred positions at a time. You know, there was a time when I had those, but like I said, it could be the same job, you know, needing 10, 20 people doing the same role. So when you have that, that additional support of someone who's always funneling candidates to you at the beginning, at the top of the funnel and ongoing to build your pipeline, that is a huge help. And again, this was one of those milestones that I saw form, you know, at the beginning, because there was a, when I started, you know, we did everything. Recruiters got the open position, recruiters posted the position, recruiters did all the screening, recruiters set up the interviews, recruiters, you know, made the offer, negotiated, you know, did the back and forth, you know, took people up to the point of onboarding and some places were part of the onboarding, whether it be the orientation, getting people to forms, collecting the forms, chasing things down. So now that we have segmented the different parts of the process and again, place the place stop gaps on where, where the recruiter's role starts and ends, where the sourcer's role starts and ends, where the onboarder's role starts and ends, I think we become more efficient. I think that that we have a better chance as long as we continue to stay in these swim lanes. Um, we have a better chance of of overcoming this um, this influx of positions and you know being able to fill roles that we haven't at, at the volume of roles that some of us are not quite used to. Also, I think this is a perfect opportunity for the whole of TA, you know, all of the stakeholders to be a little bit more impactful um, and influence decisions in terms of not, in terms of helping hiring managers, helping your organization, helping your customers, your partners to say, you don't have to check every box. We are looking for some, you know, we are looking for people who have a range of skill sets, who have transferable skills. Everyone doesn't have to be, what do we call it, the purple squirrel? Is that the right term? Because I call it something else and people always tell me that that's not what it is. I think I call it some kind of unicorn or something, but I think the correct <laughs> term is purple, is purple squirrel. Is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're always wanting the purple squirrel, but, you know, there's a lot of, of, of green, yellow, orange, and red squirrels that, that can do the job as well. And we also have to look at the fact that we, there, there are times that their hiring managers want someone who has everything, but I, I will, I push back often and saying, if you have someone who has everything, how are they going to grow in the role? If you want someone who has everything, do you have opportunities for them in a year, in two years to do something else? Because 
they're not growing anymore. They're not learning anymore. There's nothing else to develop there. Uh, you know, and, and the more that recruiters become more consultative and, you know, again, like demand that, because I do think we are, but I think a lot of times we take our hands off it when we get pushback. So as, as long as we, you know, first and foremost, trust the sourcers to say, hey, no, this didn't fill every box. And yes, you may have talked to this person and vetted them because their, their resume wasn't the best. And, you know, a, a recruiter who's got, a, you know, a lot of different things that they're, that they're juggling at a time may overlook someone. And, you know, having that, that person at the beginning to say, the, these are the reasons why we need to look at this and partnering with them to move these these talented people with transferable skills along in the process uh, is going to fare well for us in the end. Okay, listeners, it's that time of the show when I do a shameless plug. So back in October 2021, I had the uh, the pleasure, the privilege of uh, interviewing the very famous Shally Stuckel, who's the president over at the Sourcing Institute, and he's a practice director, talent strategy and sourcing innovation at Aspirant Talent Strategy and Acquisition Practice. Uh, check that one out as well. Shally shared lots of tips about where these sources, or maybe we should call them sorcerers, uh, go to, to find all their talent, and then and then that get passed on to um, the awesome professionals such as Kirsten. Um, Kirsten, we're almost out of time. Before we do wrap up, a couple more questions for you. So you talk a lot and you write a lot about uh, the importance and, and indeed uh, ways to uh, make, make one's uh, workforce more diverse. Okay. Um, yes. Frankly, I could spend the whole podcast just talking to you about this particular topic. However, we went in different directions. Um, but I'd like to get at least one question in, in about, about uh, DEI. So what, what are your top diversity recruiting strategies to, to achieve true diversity, equity and inclusion? Well, I think we need to lean off of the diversity aspect of it um, and think less about representation and numbers and more about impact, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Uh, we focus a great deal on getting pockets of people into certain roles uh, without looking at um, you know, that balance. And, and I believe it, it was, um, anyway, there's a, there's a DNI professional leader who talks about balance. And, and I love adding that word into the conversation because we do need balance across the org. Because what we'll find is that organizations aren't necessarily, don't necessarily not have diverse employees, meaning people from historically excluded or underrepresented uh, demographics. They're all concentrated in certain roles. They're all concentrated at certain levels of the organization. So we have to think about being more impactful and spreading that out, balancing those those efforts across the org. Like we can't just think about bringing entry level folks in. I think that a lot of organizations and a lot of recruiters do an excellent job of the early career folks getting them in, you know, we do campus recruiting, you know, we go to uh, to, to tech schools, we go to we some of us even to high schools, you know, sponsoring um, teams of people, depending on the, the industry that you're in, you know, we might partner with communities and have training programs and stuff to get folks into our organization. So we do a great job at the early career stage, but it's those mid 
it's those mid-career people that I think we're missing and those folks that are ready to go into the C-suite and go to the next level. Uh, because just as my as my one of my friends and, and mentors, John Baldino, has has said, you know, a hundred million times to me, there are there are people you can't expect if you if you're saying, you know, we have a target of wanting to have 20 percent. Um, you know, diverse people in our C-suite or on our executive team or on our board. You know, if those people were historically excluded, that's just not possible <laughs> because you don't have the opportunity to bring them, you know, into the organization. They're not part of your, they're not part of your succession plan. Um, you haven't done anything to develop them or you've let them leave the organization and go someplace else. So, you know, we have to think about it on, like I said, on a more balanced with a more balanced approach. Kirsten, I have really enjoyed my conversation with you. How can how can our listeners connect with you? And how can they learn more about all the cool things you're doing over at TRAP? Okay, so first and foremost, I do a live show every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, tune into that. I am on, in my favorite spot, which is on the other side. So I'm the one asking the questions. Um, and, and I enjoy that very much. So, you know, tune into that. Um, and you can follow me on everything, um, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, at Trap Recruiter, and uh, see all the stuff I'm doing. Awesome. There you go, listeners. You, you can follow Kirsten on everything. <laughs> I had a guest on uh, about a week ago and I said, uh, where can they learn more about you? And, and they replied, well, there's that thing called the Internet. You can find <gasps> there. Oh, wow. That. I was like, okay, wow, okay. okay. <laughs> and can, I, can I shout out real quick? So shout out to Shally uh, as well. Um, ha- have something coming up with him in the end of March. Um, and I've been following Shally for I don't know how long. Uh, I, I was telling the the per, telling someone that I I still have my goat. Uh, and Shally, I hope he remembers this. But one during a Sherm conference many many years ago in Vegas, he gave out goats during his presentation and told people don't let don't let folks take your goat, don't let them steal your goat. And uh, I keep that in mind whenever I'm feeling frazzled. I keep that in mind whenever I'm about to give up my power and give my goat away. So shout out to Shally for that as well. And shout out to all the goats out there listening uh, to this episode. Um, Okay, (laughs) that just leaves me disabled today. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you for having me, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.